0: Did BYU football make a miscalculation in canceling their series against Utah State? I will explain more as we go on today's show. We'll also talk some BYU basketball recruiting. A surprise commit from the high school ranks who's got connections to Kanye West. Yes, Yay Ye could be on the sidelines of a BYU basketball game next year or down the road. We'll get to that. And, of course, we'll catch up on everything else that happened in BYU sports, including a disappointing Sunday with the NCAA selection show for BYU softball. We got all that and a whole lot more on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On, Cougars, a resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys' patronage of this show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll probably see this. I'm wearing my new BYU baseball cap. If you did not take advantage of that sell they had last week, they were selling these bad boys for $9.99. Okay, I'm a Nike-holic. It's got the little Nike symbol you can see right there. I am a Nike fan. And to the nth degree, just ask my wife, my closet is 90% Nike. It feels like at this point in my life, I love the brand. I love their gear. And when BYU offers up a slick cap like this with the sailor Coug on top, you can guarantee I'm going to be spending some of my hard earned cash. It's only 10 bucks to get that hat. So with BYU baseball on a nine game win streak, figured I'd represent the brand and represent BYU baseball on today's podcast. But a big thank you once again for taking some time to join us down in that right corner here on YouTube, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe, enable notifications while you're at it. And also make sure you hit the like button on this podcast. Obviously we're available free and available wherever you get your podcast beyond that Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, whole litany of other podcasts out there, so podcast providers out there. So thank you for checking us out. All right, all right, let's get going on today's show and talk some BYU football. Obviously, the big news late last week was BYU nixing a four-game series with Utah State as they get ready to go into the Big 12. Now, obviously, Utah State fans were in a tizzy about this, and you would expect as such. They're, they're rabid fans for their school. They feel like after Utah pretty much told them to pound sand, BYU's doing something similar. But the circumstances be what they are, BYU had to find a way to get their, their schedules to cut games out of them. The decision to cut the four games, rather than maybe just two uh, in the first two years of the Big 12, was a little bit much, in my opinion, for BYU. They easily probably could have said, OK, we're going to cut these first two, but we'll keep the two on the books in 25 and 26 and see if we can work that out. And you guys know that watch their listen to this podcast. They've been longtime listeners know that I cannot stand FCS games. I get that I'm, I'm in the minority on this, I feel like. And the fact that you're putting Southern Utah on that schedule in 2023 rather than Utah State, along with the home game against Tennessee and the road game at Arkansas, I would much rather see BYU play Utah State. That's just my 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 personal opinion on the matter. I think that rivalries are important. But I had an extended family member uh, reach out to me this weekend and ask Jake, why in the world would BYU be so petty with this? And I took exception to the term petty when it came to what's going on with BYU and the Utah State series because it's just it, – the. Simple fact of the matter is BYU had a 12-game schedule. All of a sudden, they had to cut down to just three games. It sure looks like the Big 12, with the announcement of the Utah State Series going away, that it'll be a nine-game conference schedule. This is going to be the toughest era for BYU football ever. You can spare me your, well, Texas and Oklahoma, once they leave, it's going to be a conference that BYU can compete in. I think they can compete. But week in and week out, this is going to be the toughest era of BYU football, bar none. Period, end of story. It's just, there's no doubt that BYU's going into a period of their football program history that is just unprecedented. But when they said, why is BYU being so petty with this? And let me be very clear about this. They have some loyalty to Utah State. So I, I get th- them saying be, being petty, that type of a deal. But as we talked about it, I think that BYU probably. Uh, could have handled this better because it sure looked like Utah state was going to put BYU on the defensive. If you look at when the releases came out from the various universities, speaking of Utah state and BYU with regards to this series being canceled, Utah state made a preemptive strike, essentially throwing out a a quote from John Hartwell saying that, Hey, We're willing to play this game. Blame those guys over there, putting all the onus on Tom Homo and BYU. And yes, I get why you do that because you're trying to save face with your fan base because suddenly Utah State is not going to have an in-state game unless they play Weber State or Southern Utah or soon to be Utah Tech at the FCS level. The, the, The simple fact of the matter is Utah State's feeling a little spurned right now because BYU has now cut them out. Utah hasn't played them since 2015 and there is no plans for Utah to play them. And Utah State's made it fairly clear in previous uh, years that they will only accept home-and-home proposals from the likes of Utah and BYU. And that simply isn't going to fly with Utah. They will play a two-for-one, probably, if Utah State wants to play ball on that front. And even then, that might be a little bit of a stretch. But it just feels like right now that all of the... uh, the the gumption all of the know, gumption the consternation that's a, that's probably a better term to put uh, with BYU and Utah State is coming more from the, more from the Aggie side of things and obviously that's because BYU fans I think we we all collectively the we out there understand the circumstances that BYU is entering they have to pare down these schedules. I would like to see Utah State back on the schedule for BYU. Let me be very clear about that. I said that earlier, but I think this is a series that is a good series. And the funny thing about it is they're going to play their 90th meeting this year in 2022. It'll be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, who is a Utah State alum, who ended up uh, going and being, of course, the head coach of BYU, leading them to a national championship. There's a lot of storylines that go into this. The 100th year anniversary of the first time these two schools played is 1922 to 2022. So 100 years on, after 90 games, played against one another. It's just sad to see this rivalry go by the wayside. But as I was talking with my family, my extended family member, I I don't think they necessarily want their name out there because they want people coming after them, Uh, speaking of BYU fans or even some Aggie fans. But we were just talking about this, and I think we came to an agreement that BYU is trying to find their way as they enter a new era of football. And Utah State, yes. Did they fall by the wayside? Were they kind of the... I don't know, were, were they one of the unfortunate uh, victims of this circumstance? Yes, they were. I told, my, uh, I told that person when I was talking with them, here's the thing. I want nothing more than to see BYU play Utah State. If it en- needs to end up being that maybe you play Utah and Utah State on an every other year basis just with regards to how the Big 12 is going to schedule, go for it. I think that rivalries are what makes this sport go round. And if you can keep the rivalries intact, do so. It did seem like a little bit of an overkill, in my opinion, for BYU to cancel all four games, but hey... BYU is trying to figure out what is in their best interest moving forward and maybe it was a power play on their part Maybe BYU is like, you know what? We don't need to play you guys every year and we're gonna cancel these games We'll talk more down the road and maybe get the game back on the schedule but if you're Jake Hatch here and I've I've done this uh, Exercise in the past with regards to being an athletic director for a day and if all my decisions were binding I would say BYU never plays another FCS game and I would pretty much lock it into the to the schedule going Forward That you're playing at least one rivalry game annually and hopefully an in-state rival. I know that Boise State probably could enter the picture as well because they've been a very, very healthy rival for BYU as well. But I would like to see going forward for BYU, I would like to see either Utah or Utah State on that schedule annually. Play that game. Play an in-state game because that's what makes this sport as great as it is. This sport has got so many things that are wrong with it. Obviously, NIL issues right now have turned a lot of people off. But I think that right Rivalries are the one lifeblood of this sport that you can't not get away from. The fact that Texas and Texas A&M don't play or they're going to be forced to play once they join the SEC, but they haven't played in well over a decade at this point, it's petty. It's stupid. I think that BYU should revisit opportunities to play Utah State, but I, like I said, I understand where BYU's coming from. If you've got nine conference games, you've got three games to work with beyond that, you obviously want to have a high-profile, you'll have high-profile games against the likes of SEC teams in 2023 at Arkansas and Tennessee, obviously that's going to be an 11-game Power 5 schedule, and then you have Southern Utah and there's a little bit of a breather. I'm of the opinion I'd get rid of the FCS games, I would play at least one game annually against an in-state rival, but... Like I said, I'm not the athletic director for a reason. I'm just a pundit out here on YouTube and social media who happens to pop off on what he thinks about BYU sports. And you guys obviously uh, like to check out the show, but let's be frank. That's that's essentially what my role is. is I, I just over here taking pot shots at everything that I think is wrong with the sport and hopefully trying to make some sense along the way. Alright, coming up here in just a minute let's talk a little bit about BYU basketball. A surprise commitment out of the high school ranks for BYU as well as a transfer portal target deciding he's going elsewhere. We'll get to all that here just in a second. First of all, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. And Built Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time, my friend. Actually, the funny enough, I didn't plan on this, but you can see that right there if you're watching on YouTube. I'm actually wearing a Built Bar t-shirt. I got this a while back. I was just wearing it around the house here on a Sunday. I'm recording the show on Sunday, but uh, I want you guys to check out their brand new flavor. It's called birthday cake puff. And if you guys can imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it was just 150 calories and had 16 grams of protein, that is what the birthday cake puff is. I have tried it. I actually had one right before I recorded this podcast. I think I have actually got a built bar somewhere laying around here. I'll have to bring one down next time we talk about built bar and show it to you guys. But I just received them and they're absolutely phenomenal. The puffs are the first of its kind protein infused marshmallow flavor. And folks, They are absolutely incredible. If you've not given them a shot, I would encourage you to do so. They're covered in 100% real white chocolate in this circumstance. they got sprinkles on the outside. You will taste this thing and say, there's no way it's as healthy as it is, but it truly is. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and just 9 grams of sugar. It is an absolute treat and the best part is it's delicious and healthy for you guys. Go to Built.com right now. Place your order now for those Built Puffs, the birthday cake puffs in particular. They're only here for a limited time. So once again, that's Built.com, while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, one for 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Enjoy the best tasting protein bars in the world, in the puff form especially, with our friends at Built Bar. All right, time to talk some BYU basketball. Let's talk about Braden Moore, a new commitment to the BYU basketball program. And I am intrigued by this commitment because he's a six foot eight forward from the Donda Academy in Simi Valley, California. And if you're probably wondering, okay, what in the world is the Donda Academy? If you pay attention to social media or just pop culture in general, you know the name of Kanye West. Hopefully, you do. He goes by Ye, I think, these days. He keeps changing his name. He's just like Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever. You get what I'm talking about. But, uh, Kanye West created a tuition-free K-12 charter school, and in that charter school, he has top-level athletes, especially in basketball, who have come in to play in this, and Braden Moore was part of that original team that played for the Donda Academy this year. I hope I'm pronouncing Donda correctly. I don't know. I, I Trust me. I'm as unhip as they come. I'm a middle 30s white dude from Utah who's got two kids, so... I think it's the Donda Academy. If I'm wrong, please let me know on social media, but be kind when you rip me for that one. But regardless, Braden Moore is a fantastic pickup, I think. I think he checks many boxes for BYU. This is a kid who scored over 2,000 points in his high school career uh, before going to uh, the Donda Academy down there in California. He spent three years playing in the state of Tennessee at Presbyterian High School. Let me see. Uh, Presbyterian. Oh, where's the the high school he went to? Anyways, regardless, uh, he. Oh, Christ Presbyterian Academy. There we go. In Nashville, Tennessee. Scored over 2,000 points in, in three seasons there. And the best part about him is he's a sharp shooting guy who can play both inside and outside. Six foot eight, 210 pounds, and he's a high school athlete who has bought into what BYU's culture is all about. He's a devout Christian, said that the honor code is actually very appealing to him. Came to BYU, visited with Jimmer Fredette, visited uh, with guys also uh, like uh, Alex Barcelo, Trey Stewart. He had the red carpet rolled out for him. The blue carpet? Red carpet? Regardless. The good news is BYU picks up, I think, a very talented, if you look at ESPN, he's a four-star prospect. 24-7 Sports has him a three-star prospect. But this is a bit of a surprise. I had heard nothing about this young man leading up to this. And I think that this is actually a very, very good pickup considering what I've been told by some people who are very much more in the know with BYU basketball is that BYU wanted to get a high-scoring guard, a guy who can run this offense, and that is what Rudy Williams, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, is. They also wanted to get two big men. And they lost out of one of the big men they were chasing, uh, Josiah Alec, the transfer from UMKC, he has decided that he's going to go play at New Mexico, so wish him nothing but the best moving forward. He seemed like a very natural fit as a stretch four for BYU, but Braden Moore could be that stretch four for the Cougars. As I said, six foot eight, 210 pounds, a sharp shooter who's 41% career shooting in high school from three. Didn't necessarily have a high flying senior year because there were a ton of athletes on that Donde Academy squad who are going all over the country, four and five star talents up and down the roster, but. Braden Moore, I think, checks a lot of boxes for BYU, because I think some of you out there who have said, and I've seen it on social media, who have said, BYU's tapping too much or relying too much on the transfer portal. They need to back off and go after more high school talents. Well, Braden Moore is just that. He's a guy who's going to come in with four years to play, could develop into, I think, a very, very talented player, and if he achieves what it looks like he could achieve in terms of his career arc, we're talking about a guy who could be a fantastic stretch four, and kind of the modern-day of basketball think about it anymore the the era of having two back to the basket bigs it's gone by the wayside but you've got like Braden Moore who can go inside and play when needed but at the same time step out to the three-point line and absolutely stroke it from deep to open up the floor for a guy like Foos Triori on the interior that is a fantastic thing to have on your roster and I think that BYU is going to benefit for having a kid like Braden Moore be a part of of the BYU basketball program. I think this is a money pickup. As I said, a bit of a surprise. Uh, He said that he went on an official visit just over two weeks ago to BYU. And as I said, I have heard about most of the names coming in and out in terms of visits for BYU. I hadn't heard a thing about this. So, Mark Pope is working his magic, folks. He's doing some really, really good things. And I think that this roster, it's starting to round into shape a little bit. If they can get a guy like Mo and Gia to commit to BYU. He recently visited BYU last week, early last week alongside Josiah Alec. He is not announced where he is going to go. Where he is going to go. He is going to going? He is going to go. Uh, he has visited SMU and BYU so far. He's a guy who already BYU had recruited in the high school ranks, albeit they'd never offered him, according to Robbie McCombs from Vanquist the Foe. But Mo and Gia, if he joins BYU, you have a fantastic combo at center with him and Atiki Ali Atiki, both of them standing 6'10", 6'11", and just absolute stellar athletes with ability to block shots. Uh, 7'2", wingspan for Mo and Gia. I think Atiki Ali Atiki somewhere in the one or 7'2", range himself. So you have some nice interior presence there if you get those two. You have Fusche Traore, who's going to bud into, I think, the next version of just a inside outside scoring machine for BYU and then you have guys like Braden Moore here who is a four star prospect according to ESPN coming into the program who is going to I think develop into something very nice and if everything goes according to plan Mark Pope may have retooled this roster right in front of our very eyes and put together a very competitive roster at that because you cannot discount what Rudy Williams brings to the table as well the dude shot 45% from three last year folks you had Braden Peterson Braden Moore if he can shoot his 41% at the college level you have got two Two guys who shoot 40-plus percent from three. Suddenly, the shooting issues from last year are a thing of the past. Obviously, you got to get out on the court, see how this all goes together, see if all the pieces fit, but I really, really like what Mark Pope is doing here. He's kind of working behind the scenes. I know he's been all over the country and literally internationally recruiting guys during this period, but he is putting in the work, folks. Let's trust him. He's done some really good things in his three years so far at BYU. I know last season was a disappointment, but in terms of the recruiting game, Mark Pope does it with the best of them out there. He sells BYU hard. He is all bought in on this program, and he wants nothing more than to achieve his success with the Cougars and Sure looks like right now that there may be some good things happening for BYU with regards to their recruiting profile in the transfer portal as well as the high school level right now. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports. We'll also continue our countdown. Number 40 of the all-timers, the non-independent era players. We're actually going pre level today for one of the quarterbacks that BYU fans probably need to know more about and celebrate a little bit more. We'll talk about all of that here in just a moment. First, though, our friends over at Online are bringing you – today's show. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information needs. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs. By the way, Phoenix crashing out of the playoffs. Way to go, Chris Paul. But regardless, Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL futures are all available to you now at BetOnline.net. It is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. That's BetOnline and Bet online.net where the game starts. All right, as we round out today's show, thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Always love being with you guys, talking all things Cougars. As I said, uh, this show is available wherever you get your podcasts: YouTube, uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. One thing I want you guys to do as well, want you guys to do as well, is to follow the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search out "Locked On Cougars." It's really simple. We're right there. You can interact with us on social media. Always love hearing from you guys, getting your thoughts on all things. BYU. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me there, my DMs are open. It's Jacob C. Hatch. Really simple to find. It's my full name. You can see it right down here. If you're watching on YouTube, my Twitter handle right there. And as always, if you want to email the show, byu at gmail.com is the email address. Alright, rounding out today's show, let's run down the news that you need to know as a BYU fan. We'll start off with the track and field programs. They had their second and final home meet of the season, and pole vaulter Zach McWhorter wrote the next chapter of his BYU career Saturday. He cleared a school record height of 18 feet, 10 and three quarters inches. Uh previously breaking a school record by two and a half inches. So really, really cool stuff. McWhorter is a perennial All-American, a guy who has dreams of winning the Pole Vault National Championship, and if he keeps hopping this type of height, he is going to have an opportunity to do that. Also, Sebastian Fernandez, he's a newcomer to the team, had a fantastic day on Saturday. Uh, he ran a complex record at the Robinson Track and Field Complex of one minute 47.03 one minute 47.03 47.03 47.03 47.03 seconds, man, if I can get that out of my mouth, in the 800 meters, the previous facility record had not been touched since June 2nd of 1989. It has been decades since that record had been touched, and Sebastian Fernandez, a member of the BYU basketball program, breaks that record. Congratulations to him, and also congratulations to the BYU 4x100 women's relay team. They broke the school record in the 4x100 for the second time this year. They broke their record by 5 milliseconds, running a 44.63. That happened on Friday. Uh, Tay Raymond, Adalbi Tagubo, Dolita Awala Shaw, and Annalise Hart teamed up to set that record. Congratulations to all four of them. And then also, we need to talk a little bit about BYU baseball. I'm wearing the hat today, the Sailor Coog hat. BYU has won nine straight games in baseball and has locked up their slot when it comes to the West Coast Conference tournament just over two weeks ago I talked about this BYU needed to make a push to get into the top six they get to go to Banner Island out there in Pacific uh, not in Pacific in Stockton California to play in the West Coast Conference tournament well when you win nine straight games and suddenly you're sitting at 31 and 18 14 and 10 in conference you are absolutely done your part. BYU is clinched. They can fall no lower than six. They will be in the West Coast Conference Tournament. They've got four games remaining this week. They host Utah tomorrow, and they'll have a final uh, conference schedule later this week. So big opportunity for BYU baseball. Uh, Gregor Bell put this out on Twitter. If BYU were to win out, there's a chance they could get as high as the number two overall seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. How about that? This team is coming together at the right time, and, looking like they could be a little bit of a force when it comes to the WCC tournament here in the next little bit. All right, and the other news for BYU softball, disappointing news. BYU is 42-10. and 10. They finished the season 42-10, and 10, tied LMU for their 13th straight conference title, but because LMU beat BYU two out of three games in the regular season, they got the auto bid into the West, not in the West Coast Conference Tournament, into the NCAA Tournament, and BYU is forced to wait and see if the selection committee would pick them for an at-large bid. That bid did Did not come, and that is a disappointment for BYU softball because they have not missed out on the NCAA regionals since 2004. We're talking 18 years, folks. I was in high school the last time that BYU softball missed out on the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt about it. It's a disappointment for BYU softball, but might be a little bit of a wake-up call in terms of their needing to upgrade their scheduling. Let me be uh, frank about this. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I am married to a Division One softball player who played at BYU. But what I am saying in this is that The WCC in softball is akin to some program in men's basketball when it comes to the NCAA tournament that comes out of, let's say, the American East Conference. It is one of the weaker, if not one of the weakest softball conferences in the entire country. This is a conference that is, for lack of a better term, it's a one-bid league. And guess what? LMU beat BYU two out of three when they were early on in conference play and that held up as the Lions got the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. BYU fans, you can build bellyache all you want, but the BYU softball program did themselves no favors. They feasted on lesser talent all season long. They played only, I think, five top 50 teams when it came to the NCAA tournament. I know they had a top 50 RPI, et cetera, and by all metrics, probably should have been in the field, but the NCAA looked at that and said, you know what? They're just not what we're looking for. And it's a disappointment. There's no doubt about that. To be 42-10 to finish their season on a 17-game win streak it, it, it's it's tough to stomach if you're BYU, but you had your opportunity. You have absolutely dominated the West Coast Conference since it founded its softball league, I think five, six, seven years ago. You've absolutely owned this league and LMU, to their credit, beat you two out of three on your home field. That game, that series was in Provo and guess what? You couldn't handle your business and as such, you miss out on the postseason at least when it comes to the West Coast, not man, the West Coast tournament, when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I don't know and I don't pretend to know if that there are, there are other postseason tournaments for softball, there very well maybe, and BYU maybe will be interested in playing in that. But this is a disappointment for Gordon Eakin and company. And the thing about this is, they are absolutely going to have to continue to schedule up if this is how it's going to be with regards to the West Coast Conference. The good news is, you're one year removed, one year. Uh, not one of your removed, I guess one of your removed works when you're removed from going to the big 12. And at that point you'll be in one of the power conferences who gets the benefit of the doubt. Then you obviously have to play better competition, win more against that better competition and get your opportunity. But there's no doubt about this. That this is a disappointment for BYU softball. And, Man, I feel for those girls because they had a fantastic year. 42 and 10, 13 and, two, 13 and 2 in West Coast Conference play, a 17 game win streak. They were really, really peaking at the right time, but the NCAA selection committee said, no dice. We're going one-bid league for the West Coast Conference. So LMU carries the torch forward, and in-state, Weber State, the winners of the Big Sky title, they are the only school from this state that is actually going to play in the NCAA tournament. Utah, BYU's rival, also missed out after they were hoping to get an at-large bid of their own. And let's be honest, they also did duck BYU, maybe winning one of the two games that they – canceled on BYU could have helped them out a little bit. Regardless, disappointment for BYU softball. All right, final thing before we go on today's show, let's talk about one of the great quarterbacks that I don't think BYU fans talk enough about, and that is the great Virgil Carter. He's a former BYU and NFL quarterback who played in the pre-Lavelle era. He played for BYU from 1964 to 1966, kind of was the precursor, and a guy that helped Lavelle Edwards see that maybe passing the football could be the future for the BYU football program Uh, for his career Virgil Carter passed for 5,125 yards I know those numbers pale in comparison when you look at some of the guys who came after him Jim McMahon Steve Young Robbie Bosco Ty Detmer John Beck etc but for his era it was absolutely incredible numbers he finished his career as I said with 5,125 yards passing 50 touchdowns which is very impressive Uh, his final two years at BYU 20 and 21 touchdowns overall also added 1,125 114 yards rushing. A dual threat quarterback was Virgil Carter, a guy that I think BYU fans we need to get to know a little bit better because he also had 18 rushing touchdowns in his career. And in an era, as I said, that it was not lending itself to passing the football to a high degree. He went into the NFL, spent time with Bill Walsh and the Cincinnati Bengals. Actually was one of the better passers for multiple years with the Bengals before some injuries and other stuff precluded his career from really taking off. But Virgil Carter is a guy that absolutely needs to be talked about more in the pantheon of great BYU quarterbacks because he did it in an era when it was running the football, turn around, hand it off, maybe run the option a little bit during that 1960s era. Think of like the Bud Thompson at Oklahoma teams uh, of every, wow, what legendary teams. They ran the option. They they handed the ball off. Virgil Carter was out there slinging the pill all over the field. So really cool stuff. Six foot one, 185 pounds. A guy from Provo, Utah, uh, born in Provo. Excuse me. Played his high school ball at Folsom High School in Northern California before uh, returning to Provo to play for BYU. But absolutely very much one of the top 50 players outside of the independent era for BYU football, and that's Virgil Carter on today's edition of the podcast. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A huge thank you for your support as always. Love being with you guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday or whenever you're listening to this, and I hope you guys are... All doing fantastic out there in Cougar Nation. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Big 12. Make it your second listen. Josh Neighbors got you covered with everything with BYU's new conference home. Uh, doing some really cool themed stuff. Doing uh, position by position with regards to the Big 12. You want to look at what the Big 12 is going to entail for BYU moving forward? Well... Check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. Once again, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May, 15th, May, May 16th, 2022. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.